You are listening to special pandemic coverage of the coronavirus on the John DePietro Show. And good morning, everybody. What a beautiful Thursday. Today is uh, June 18th. My goodness, what a stretch of weather that we have uh, been experiencing. Good morning, one and all. Here I am in Juan. This uh, begins the John DePietro program where we are. You can hear us weekdays starting right now at 11 and we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Now, for many people, depending on where you are, you can always listen online. Just go to the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, the official website of You Know Who at the very top. You just click on Listen Live, and you can listen that way wherever you are. If you ever miss any portion of the program, as a matter of fact, we have everything uh, that is right there, kind of like an a library type setting. So if you ever miss, maybe for whatever reason you missed an interview or you want to hear anything like that, you just go to the website and then you go under a radio show and all the shows are right there. Whether it's uh, Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe from yesterday or yesterday, we had the Providence Police Union in the uh, first hour or uh, Donna Perry or Justin Katz or you can still go and listen to the interview that we did with Matt from Alley's. It's all right there at the website petro.com at the very top on the left listen live and then information then you can see all the stories that we have the new video province police union slams the firefighters union you can see that story uh how about the video is it over for Ali's donuts we have some of the audio of matt talking about that also uh where i was discussing that Pawtucket teacher and a lot more a lot of the facebook live video is there it is such a happening and it's been doing record numbers it is to petro.com d-e-p-e-t-r-o.com the official website of you know who this portion of the program folks as we kick things off is brought to you by a kyberry now listen you want to remain nice and healthy you want to remain uh and make sure that you're going to remain healthy and protect yourself and protect your family during all of this and the way to do it i like to tell people by the way good morning to everybody on facebook live we uh, do a facebook live for the first hour of the show and then later today we'll be doing a facebook live in the four to five o'clock hour uh, so good morning to all. Uh, if you're on Facebook, find my page as Sean DePietro Show on Facebook. John DePietro Show on Facebook. But a Kyberry, I'm holding up the beautiful bottle. This is available at Dave's in East Greenwich. This bottle, it looks like a wine bottle, but it's actually, there's no alcohol. But this is filled with a Kyberry. You could also pick this up at It's My Health it's my health in Cumberland. A Kyberry, A C A I B E R R I. This incredible antioxidant, and it's very simple. Just a simple ounce of the of this a day, uh, replenish everything your body needs to be uh, refreshed, young, free from disease. It replenishes the incredible Akai Berry. Angelo Aiello is a genius that uh, has this product. You can find their website. I encourage people to go to the website. A C A-I-B-E-R-R-I.com, a Kyberry. Now, I recognize that's not the exact way it's pronounced, but I like to say it phonetically because if I said the way, if I was saying the way it's pronounced, you'd never find it in the stores. You'd never find it at It's My Health in Cumberland. You'd never find it at um, Dave's in East Greenwich. A Kyberry. Pick this up. And the uh, value of it are just um, incredible. It is pronounced. Uh, I, I understand it's pronounced, but I pronounce it phonetically just so people can, uh, so it's easier for you to find. But zero cholesterol uh, replenishes your body. Folks, you notice a huge difference. People ask me, you know, Juan, how do you keep up the pace? How do you go seven days a week? I've been going seven days a week uh, since, think of that. I've been doing going seven days a week uh, since, what, February now, no days off, 
And and I uh, I uh, I give a lot of credit to uh, Kyberry. I have a shot of this every morning, little shot glass that you get, and it is uh, it is just in- incredible, folks. But find it. You can purchase a bottle today. It's my health in Cumberland. It's my health. Marie will uh, send you that in Cumberland. And then also, you could also get it at Venda on the Hill. They sell it. And, of course, you can go to the website, and they do have the main uh, place in um, in Johnson. Akai Berry, A-C-A-I-B-E-R-R-I. If you are in uh, Dave's in East Greenwich, pick up a bottle of this, this beautiful blue bottle, and uh, you'll notice a difference. First of all, it's also delicious, by the way. But just need a little bit, a shot of it, literally, every morning, and it helps you and it protects you and your family. Well, folks, good morning again. It's Sean DePietro. If you want to send me an email, go to the website. Everything begins and ends at DePietro.com. Uh, you're going to hear a lot more talk about the state name change. Today, the days going forward, uh, it is certainly on the front burner. <clears throat> People have been asking me, how do I feel about it? What I'm referring to, some people may not think it's significant that the name of the state is State of Rhode Island and Providence Plantation. Now, when that name came about for Providence Plantation, the people that want to change it, they're thinking of Southern Plantation, slaves, you know, I'm not the first one, roots, uh, any type of uh, Civil War Southern Plantation that is not the meaning of State of Rhode Island and Providence Plantation. At the time when they came up with the state name, Providence was farming. Farm Providence was in plantation is another form is another form of of using the word for farming. But apparently, uh, you know, this has come up in the past. It really seems to have had a steam right now. Now it is interesting. The governor of Mundo, she's talking about putting it on the ballot. I asked her about that last week, a play of that. But you're hearing more and more. So people have asked me, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I'm ambivalent about it. I mean, I don't, it's one of those things. It's state of Rhode Island and Providence Plantations. I, I don't think, no one calls it that. It is on official stationery. It is the official name of the state. Um, would How would it impact my life if they took off Providence Plantation and it was just State of Rhode Island or State of Rhode Island and Providence Place Mall. Um, I don't think it has any impact. So I I do not feel vested enough like, no, we're not changing. the. I, I don't feel that way. Maybe there are some people that feel that way and you're certainly going to have an opportunity. Uh, it has failed when they put it on the ballot. But that was 10 years ago. Certainly times have changed. There's definitely more of a movement now. I'm actually kind of surprised they're saying putting it on the November ballot. I'm surprised they don't just just do an executive order. I actually asked the governor, Governor Raimondo, would you just do an executive order to change it? But Senate President Dominic Ruggiero, he's in favor of it. Um, it does seem to have its allies. I want to play uh, Channel 10 did a, a story on this. And the Rhode Island leaders discussing making, well, there's two things that they're talking about. One is that tomorrow, and, and this is something that it popped up last Friday. I was actually going to ask the governor about this. I didn't because I asked a different question. But this business of making June 19th, Juneteenth, a national holiday to celebrate the end of slavery. And um, NBC10 did a story on it. And I want to just play quickly and then... This whole business of changing the name of the state. Um, I, I know that maybe there is some history people that feel, no, you can't do that. And it, already they're talking about in Providence naming, changing names of schools and things like that. I, 
I just, I don't, I'm not vested in that. I don't have, I don't, it's just, I, I'm not forward or against it. If they want to change the name of a school in Providence, um, I don't live in Providence. I don't, I certainly don't send my children to school in Providence. Let me hear, this is the um, People of color Channel 10 story on holiday, uh, Juneteenth. Holiday. We're talking about Juneteenth. NBC 10's Connor Cyrus explains the significance of the day each Good morning, Mario. There's a push here in Rhode Island to make Juneteenth a state holiday, but some civil rights activists want to see it made a federal holiday as well. Now, Juneteenth is a holiday that celebrates the official end of slavery in the United States. That didn't happen until June 19, 1865, which was more than two years after Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. A Union general made the announcement from his balcony, informing slave owners the war was over and all enslaved people were now free. Today, it's a holiday primarily celebrated in the South, but a push to make it a federal holiday is gaining momentum locally and across the country. And Rhode Island representatives are among those weighing in on the discussion. This is a good faith effort to say, honestly say and mean that we hear you. Give us a chance to really accelerate the process of getting to know our own state history, okay, as well as national history in terms of blacks. Jim Vincent with the local chapter of the NAACP says there was a Juneteenth event in the park last year, which was a good event, but he wants to see the state do more. I'm live in Providence, Connor Cyrus, NBC 10 News. So, you know, that's again also one of those stories, folks. And again, good morning. It's Sean DePietro. Um, another holiday. I don't I don't have an objection to another holiday. You, you know, yesterday at the press briefing is a very um, liberal blogger who attends who said to governor Mundo, would you uh, would you consider changing uh vj day instead to uh, you know like what are we talking about first of all no one calls it vj day it's victory day and they're certainly not going to get out of uh removing the fact that rhode island one of the best things we do is we have a three-day weekend in august so because of uh it was victory over japan day with the last day to celebrate it but they're certainly not going to get rid of that. Like some of the questions, folks, it's just like, where, where do these people, what are you talking about? If you want to name a new holiday, name a new holiday. But what, what suddenly now we're going to just start getting, getting rid of that. Uh, it, it's, it's Peace Day. It's Victory Day. It's, you know, why, why can't we celebrate that? Look at the narrative that, that goes on. Uh, and by the way, this is the same liberal blogger activist that was in Newport and trying to get a video to go viral and um, he's a nice enough guy. I see him at these uh, the brief briefings with the governor Bill uh, um, <clears throat> Bill the podcaster or blogger what have you but he put a disturbing video of a white supremacist attacking Black Lives Matter no it was a shirtless homeless drunk in Newport who wandered into where they were where they were having a march. That's not a white supremacist. I mean, but look at the way in Newport, Rhode Island, disturbing footage of a white supremacist crashing into a Black Lives Matter gathering. No, if you go to Newport and where they were marching, right now, it doesn't matter whether it's a Saturday or Sunday, that guy, he was make, trying to find a liquor store is what he was trying to find. It had nothing to do with, and if someone's white, why does that make them white supremacists? See, this is the type of thing I'm talking about with some of the locals. They try to get themselves national attention. And uh, 
They just try to like that's like fabricating something that wasn't um, disturbing video of anything. Sheriff Tom Hotsu was at the White House just the other day with President Trump. He's going to join me coming up. Tim Dodd at one o'clock today, folks. Good morning. It's John DePietro. Uh, No governor uh, Raimondo press briefing today. So we go the full hours and then we have a a special member of the Trump uh, campaign staff is going to join us next hour. Talk about his big uh, rally coming up on Saturday night. Now, the uh, House opened yesterday. They're finally back in session. It's a joke that they've been out this long. And that plexiglass, folks, somebody got paid on the plexiglass. They installed almost $200,000 worth of plexiglass. Everybody looks like they're in the penalty box. It is a ridiculous system. And it's not stopping any virus from spreading. And uh, that Mattiello, he shouldn't even be there anymore. He's probably lost because the cackle took another week off. But uh, here it is, the mask debate. I had the word out of the state house last night over protective masks. Some lawmakers calling out each other, wearing or not wearing face coverings. Plexiglass barriers, as you can see, have been installed around the desks, in which lawmakers don't have to wear the mask, but they are required when they're debating or making a speech. Again, it's not mandatory. I'm not forcing anyone to do it, and you'll be entitled to sit in your seat and be rude if you choose not to. <laughs> Minority Leader Blake Filippi says Speaker Nick Mattiello attacked members personally in those opening remarks. Mattiello did go on to name Republican lawmakers, calling it a fact that they weren't following the rules. And his spokesperson says he stands by what he said on the floor and won't kick anyone out for not complying. In a statement, Representative Filippi says masks aren't required when we were safely tucked behind the Speaker's $165,000 plexiglass installation. That's right. Why on earth would he spend that kind of taxpayer money if it didn't protect us? The Speaker's comments were put pure theater as he immediately took off his mask for the next four hours and the floor was packed throughout the day. Folks, what an absolute waste of money. But see, they don't care. Someone got paid on that. Somebody got a kickback on that. Why would you install $165,000 worth of plexiglass and then you're still expecting people to wear the mask? They're all like in phone booths. I haven't seen anyone else do this. You just do distancing. They'd be better to be outside somewhere, as a matter of fact. Or they could be pick a place. They could be at the Veterans Auditorium where the governor holds her uh, daily briefing. They could certainly be in there. They could be at the dunk if they wanted to. There's no shortage of places they could go and be very spread out. But instead, see, there's no money in doing that. So there's definitely somebody got paid off on this plexiglass thing. It probably probably should have cost. I mean, something like that, they usually look for 15 to 20 percent kickback. So uh, Montanaro, whoever ordered it, just a rough estimate. And again, these are all just rumors that are out there. But... You figure so he somebody got a payday of like 30 grand kickback to have some company put in the plexiglass. This portion of the company, the uh, the program, folks, and again, we're going to be joined by uh, Sheriff uh, Bristol Sheriff, County Sheriff Tom Hodson, friend of ours, who was at the White House just the other day with President Trump when he signed that um, law and order bill. He's brought to you by A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Folks, call them today, A.E. Mazika at 401-353-9300, 353-9300. Look for them online, aemazika.com, aemazika.com, or on Facebook. Scott and Alex, it's very simple. Let them help you save money, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. They can help you save money on your life insurance. God bless me. 
Ah, folks, I got to stop that cheap blow with Matt from uh, Alley's. Life insurance, health insurance, uh, insurance on your boat, on your RV, your motorcycle. They're licensed Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Florida. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. How would you like to save money? How would you like an additional $200 a month or maybe an additional $100 a month? Give yourself a raise. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Call for a free consultation, 401-353-9300, 401-353-9300. It's Scott and Alex. It's A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Give them a call. They're located 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. And, folks, it's so simple. They will help you save money. They will help you save money. Free consultation, A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, 401-353-9300. So we're going to be joined by Sheriff Bristol County Sheriff Tom Hodson coming up momentarily. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, Rhode Island's number one garden center. Folks, they are open for the season. Look for them on Facebook, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Also, their new website, prmaterials.shop. It is Steve, it's Debbie, it's Junior, it's Byron. Father's Day is coming up this Sunday. Why not get your dad a nice annual perennial or tree and shrub? They also have uh, gift certificates. They have some of those handmade, tremendous uh, wooden birdhouses. PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Right off of Route 4, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. The original, the best. Look for them on Facebook and also their website is prmaterials.shop. Now, the situation, a couple of news updates. The situation right now, police are dismantling the autonomous zone right now in Seattle. Uh, That summer of love that, you know, they decide to be their own independent country, but the police are dismantling it. We'll follow that news as it continues. Uh, The situation in Atlanta is very, very serious situation in Atlanta, where a number of the officers called out sick. You know, that also hurts that mayor of Atlanta, uh, she was being considered for maybe the VP slot with uh, former Vice President Joe Biden. That um, I think that hurts her chances. I still believe that Vice President Joe Biden, I believe he's going to choose a woman of color. He's definitely choosing a woman. But I think in this climate, if he were to choose, say, initially it was going to be people thought it would be Amy Klobuchar, Senator Klobuchar. I don't hear anyone saying that right now. Then people thought he would choose Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren. I, I think that's diminished. I think it will be. Maybe it could be a Camilla Harris, the senator from uh, from California. Um, it could be that congresswoman from Florida. There is another article out today that mentions Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo. But I, I think in this climate, if. Former Vice President Biden, I think, if he announces someone who's not, well, it has to be a female, and he's the one that said he's not changing off of that. But I think if it's not a female of color, I think that it's not going to be well received. I don't. So I think that has become, and when you think about it, folks, I mean, what kind of choice is that, that not only, you know, first of all, you you say it has to be a female, so you eliminate Every male candidate, half of the uh, potential qualified male candidates. And now you start to move into not only is it a woman, now it has to be a woman of color. You're really starting to narrow. To me, 
again, Vice President, former Vice President Biden, he it's 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 his call. He's the one running. He's the one that wants to be the president. He's certainly not going to get another chance. This is it. Um, I don't believe, you know, anyone that says Michelle Obama is not paying attention. Michelle Obama, if she wanted to be president, she would run for president. Um, Some people say it's not going to be Hillary Clinton. You have to realize that uh, Jill Biden, the wife of former Vice President Joe, she doesn't want, she's really the driving force behind this. They don't want anyone that's going to overshadow him in any way. So it could be a Susan Rice. It might be Susan Rice. It could be that congresswoman from Florida. And it could be California Senator Kamala Harris. Uh, I think those three, I think, are the fr- I, I believe are the front runners for that. I would be surprised if it's not one of those three. But, folks, you don't know. You don't know when the vetting process something comes up. And then they just decide they're not going to go in that direction, which happened uh, just as easily. But I, I think um, with this current climate, if he announced an Elizabeth Warren, I don't think that's who the crowd, I don't think, think that's who the Democrat Party is looking for. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Competition Shooting Supplies. Listen, all this talk about defunding police, keeping yourself safe, keeping your family safe, competition Shooting supplies. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Stop it and see our friend John Francis. Now listen, a gift certificate at Competition Shooting Supplies makes a great Father's Day gift. Competition Shooting Supplies. You can call John Francis, 727-1716. It is the only place to go in Rhode Island for firearms, ammunition, accessories. No one more knowledgeable. 435 Benefit Street, Pawtucket, right off of 95. You just go past the Attleboro train station. And then you um, hang a left right at the intersection, Newport Avenue and Benefit Street. Competition shooting supplies. You know, why not get a gift certificate for your dad? So then he could get ammo or your grandfather or whoever, your uncle or your boyfriend. Competition shooting supplies. Second Amendment headquarters. Stop in and see our friend John Francis, the defender of the faith. 727-1716, located 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. So we're standing by. For uh, Bristol County Sheriff Tom Hodgson, we're going to talk to him, folks, next hour. We're going to speak with a member of the Trump campaign regarding the big rally coming up Saturday night in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, I'll tell you, this Bolton book is really annoying me. I I think it's terrible. I was never a fan of that guy. I noticed a lot of the people that were pushing forward, that's who the president should hire. He was nowhere. John Bolton was just appearing on Fox News. Uh, I think it's disgraceful. And then, you know, but that's the problem. When you let somebody like that in, it never ends well. And they are ABC now. Their entire coverage is the Bolton book. And President Trump said this and President Trump said that and blah, blah, blah. And it's so destructive. He's got real nerve. But that's also I go back to, you know, let's rewind the tape. Who were the people? There were people on Fox News Channel saying, President Trump, please bring in John Bolton. Where are they now? You know, I can't stand this type of thing. And I, I'd have to rewind the tape. I think I like Laura Ingram, but I think she was one of those people. Um, I support and watch Hannity, but I think he was one of those people. You know, I, I can't stand this business where the president listens to certain people. And then he was told, you know, um, you know, hire Bolton. That's who you want. And then. You know, look at the way this thing is blowing up with this stupid book. Who writes a book like that? 
My God, it's the you know the, uh, John Bolton would. The moment you bring someone like that in, it is like leaving your door open and a rat getting into your house. It does not end well. The rat just doesn't quietly scamper away, and then your your house is in, infested with a rat. I, I it is so infuriating to me. But those that were on the right that were pushing Bolton, Mr. President, hire John Bolton, blah, blah, blah. It was like a campaign going on on Fox News Channel. All silent now. Where are you now? God, it's so annoying and infuriating. The last thing the president needs is this stupid Bolton book. So what if someone, you know, I I can't stand this stuff. It's so destructive in the way they're all jumping at it. And, uh, you know, no, there should be new impeachment proceedings. Folks, this stuff, that Bolton, what what a turncoat. What a disgrace. I can't stand people like that. Listen, this is still the president of the United States we're talking about. The president, the commander in chief, the president of the United States of America. So you would have fallen out with him. And he even said Bolton never saw a country he didn't want to attack. The hawk's hawk. But I'd like to rewind the tape. And if there's someone out there, if you're aware of that, find footage of that, send that to me. I want to play it. Because where are those people now? Ridiculous. You know, President Trump, he didn't know Bolton that well. He was highly recommended to him. And some of these idiots going on. Oh, you want to hire someone like Bolton? Where are you now? Yeah, nice call. God. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, if you have an appliance, remember what we say. If your appliance is dying... Wait for it. Just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096. If you're having a problem with your washer or your dryer or your dishwasher or your stove or your oven, call Ryan's Appliance Repair. You know, Ryan told me many times when he goes into a home, he's not fixing one appliance. Many people... They have like three or four appliances that are broken. Folks, Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. If your refrigerator is not working properly or your stove or your oven or your washing machine or your dryer, Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Find him on Facebook. Again, I have used Ryan for multiple different appliances that just, they sometimes they just go wrong. And you're not even exactly sure what it is. It happened, I went to make microwave popcorn. Suddenly the microwave wasn't working. I went to use the dryer and suddenly a belt on the dryer gave out. Uh, someone said, well, you could always use the clothesline. I, I mean, I, I could, or I could just call Ryan's Appliance Repair and have him fix it. Saturday appointments are available. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Now, folks, if you ever want to send me an email, visit the website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. And then you can just hit the contact John and contact me that way. Um, There was supposed to be a big announcement on the state name change. I'm being told now today. That it's being uh, pushed back to next week. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on. But that uh, that Mattiello, what what an absolute disgrace with that uh, plexiglass. You don't see that anywhere else um, where they, they spent 166000 And on top of that, if you understand, those that understand the virus, the virus can, can travel. So the plexiglass, it could still come down like into that just here in a phone booth. 
So if you're sitting in your plexiglass booth at the Rhode Island State House and the General Assembly where that uh, goon Mattiello is still the speaker, he should not be. But you're sitting there. If the person next to you, behind you, sneezes into the air, you know, it travels and lands down on you. It's um, they're still in in close proximity. I I don't the mindset. But that's why. Can you imagine they spent six one hundred sixty six thousand on that? I I believe somehow money changed hands. I think money changed hands on that deal like everything else that uh, that happened. I'm also I'm just checking Twitter right now. And a lot of the um, a lot of the liberal Democrats are all excited that the Bolton book is arriving. I'm also looking at this story. New York, a booted a flight to Trump rally for not wearing a face mask. Folks, I, I'll be very clear. I don't understand the people that won't wear a mask. Um, you wear a mask. If, if someone has it, you want them to wear a mask. You wear the mask to not only protect yourself, but more importantly, the person that has the mask, if they're wearing it, they're not going to so easily spread it to you. So I don't understand someone would not get on a flight because he's refusing to wear a face mask. I mean, I really don't relate to that. I don't understand it. If there's any place that you would want to wear one, even if for whatever reason you're adamant about it, it would be on an airplane with the, it's the same air circulating, right? I mean, how many times do you travel and people come away with a cold or a cough of a germ because there's so many germs? You go to use the restroom on an airplane and you don't know who was in there and coughing and then those particles are flying around. What, what is the point of this, this person? Well, folks, we're going to talk about it in a um, in a moment, uh, folks, joining us right now, he is uh, he was at the White House just the other day, Bristol County Sheriff. We want to say good morning to our friend, Sheriff Tom Hodgson. Sheriff, it's John DePietro. Good morning, Sheriff Tom Hodgson. Hello, John. How are you? Very good. Sheriff, great to see you at the White House the other day. Uh, if you would be so kind to just take us through, you've been such a supporter of the president. And that was a, a great show of law enforcement with the president recognizing that there are elements of law enforcement that perhaps could use a, uh, some reform and a look over. Well, yeah, that, it was a great day for America. Um, and it, it certainly I was honored to be there along with my fellow sheriffs and some chiefs of police uh, because this president, uh, like no other, uh, has been really on top of the issues that are affecting uh, the quality of life for the American people. And it isn't something that he knee-jerked reacted to after the incident with George Floyd or what have you. He had assigned a commission back in December to look at how we could reform policing and and uh, encourage more community involvement in law enforcement and bolster the support uh, of police with the people in the community as a, because it is a community problem. And so his executive order uh, actually goes to those types of things such as um, having a database that would identify for us perhaps people that are in law enforcement working for an agency that may have uh, problems with temperament. Uh, and they didn't really reveal themselves until the person got into the job. Uh, or perhaps not having good screening uh, technique nationally uh, to 
weed people out before they get into the into the uh, criminal justice field. And so by doing this, and this is really important, I think the president understood, and like I said, like no other president, when he addresses the problems that face the American people, he doesn't do it in a broad way like so many times Congress does where they come up with some shallow answer that really is a political answer uh, that addresses what really is good for them politically, personally. Instead, um, he brings the people in from Main Street, whether it's a faith-based issue, whether it's, you know, the COVID virus, whether it's law enforcement, you know, the economy. He brings the people in who are impacted. In the economy, bringing people in business and others and big corporations and finding out, you know, how do we build the economy? And that's what you want the president. He's brought a business model uh, to this issue on law enforcement, like so many of the other issues. And by first learning about from the people who have their boots on the ground out in the communities, what is the problem? What, what would be the best impact? Once he understands all that, then he puts together a policy that gives us the maximum benefit that we, other, that we could get in Main Street. So it really is impactful as opposed to just being sort of a superfluous kind of political answer to something that only looks good but really does very little for us. So this executive order really drills into it. One of the things I mentioned to Attorney uh, General Barr while I was there was, uh, you know, I thought it important to really include in this the idea of having police officers, and I was a cop, so I understand basic training for police officers, although many years ago, um, that they're trained differently than corrections. But we also in corrections deal with the very same people that the police officers have to deal with on the street. And so by being able to have them go through their training and spend perhaps 40 hours inside a correction facility, not only hearing from you know supervisors in the business of corrections, but also shadowing correctional officers who may have 80 of these individuals in a unit with two officers, how do they how do they deal with those things? What do they understand about the, the commonalities around people who have drug issues versus mental health issues? How do you deal with them differently if they're acting out? Um, what are the appropriate approaches? So I can tell you the best, and most chiefs will tell you this, the best police officers on the street are generally people that served in corrections first. Yep. Because they learn early on how to communicate. They understand some of the nuances around different problems that seem to pervade neighborhoods and communities with either parents that are involved in drug-related issues or or kids that have been exposed to that kind of thing and didn't get much guidance. And how do you deal with those things? So um, this is a great, it's a great step. I'm so proud of the president for having done this. Uh, and as he has with all these issues, he tackles them while he listens at the same time to all these people on the outside who are more interested in politics than they are in creating solutions. Uh, he hears them trying to disrupt them, but he, he doesn't waver. He stays focused on solutions, and that's what good business people do. Sheriff Hodgson, and again, folks, good morning. It's John DePietro on this Thursday. On the line with us is uh, Matt, uh, Bristol County Sheriff Tom Hodgson, who was at the White House yesterday, the other day with President Trump. Sheriff, what 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 is what is your view of what's happening right now in law enforcement? People, this is so distressing. Police are under attack. Uh, police are being portrayed as the bad guy. This talk of defund the police. Uh, it's so destructive to police officers, their morale, their families. They now have to worry in an added danger. Um, what, in your view, what's, what's happening right now with law enforcement in our country? Well, what's 
happening is they're being demonized. And sadly, the, if you really looked at the statistics, you'd see that the majority of police officers, 99% of police officers, they leave their homes every day, put themselves at risk to protect the lives of others. It's what they do. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a very dangerous job, but one that they go and, and uh, do every day. And like any profession, there will be some uh, who fall short, who maybe don't have the appropriate temperament, or they, uh, over time, become so callous that they can't, they lose their perspective. And in those instances, you have to have things in place to correct it. But you don't broad brush. You know, there are there are educators in the in the in the business of teaching, not a lot, but there will always be a few who may not be able to over time deal with you know, a large classroom of kids that are acting out or rules that may have kind of worked against teachers. Um, and and in those instances, you have to have good policies in place to, to weed those people out. But you don't broad brush all educators and say, therefore, you know, if some teacher abused a student, you don't say all teachers are bad. And therefore, let's wipe them out, defund them, and, uh, and uh, we know better. And these are people that are that have a very different agenda. They they don't want law and order. They they believe in the social order. And honestly, we can't we cannot have uh, a democracy, and we cannot have a republic if we don't have you know the foundation that supports that. And that's our laws and the enforcement of those laws. Sheriff Hudson, um, before I let you go, how did you? Um you know, if, if this is going to be a battle, and again, folks, so speak with Bristol County Sheriff Tom Hudson. If this is going to be a battle of law and order or the Democrat Party, former Vice President Joe Biden, if their platform is defund the police, I, I, I just think this becomes a 44-state blowout. I mean, Sheriff Hudson, what, what, you know, the police go into dangerous situations, all kinds of situations. This business now that we sh- we should be sending in social workers unarmed on a bicycle when you have people with this uh, horrendous domestic abuse or someone that has a firearm or stabbings and things like that. They, now they want to, re- you know, they want to remove police from the schools that were put in to protect the children. Um, I, you know, was, if they want to go ahead with that, I see this as the real Americans, people that deal in reality, realize that. Police serve a incredible function in our society. Well, you're, John, look, you're, you're absolutely right, and I will tell you, um, the, most of the American people get it. They kind of watch this, what I like to call the Wizard of Oz script, pay no attention to what's behind that curtain. Yep. Basically, what they do is they will say or do anything um, to, to try to get votes. The, with the flavor of the day on what particular issue, you don't see the integrity. And let me just go to a point you mentioned about you mentioned about the candidate five. How how do you do you how little do you love America? How little do you love America to be pushing for somebody to become the president of the United States that clearly has some some challenges around you know their mental health yep. and being able to remember things, uh, mispronouncing names. I mean, why would you want to? push somebody to be the president of the United States that you know has these issues unless you just blatantly, transparently really want to garner power and you do anything to get it. Right. And that's sadly where a lot of these people are, not all Democrats, but, but 
the ones that are pushing this, and um, look, we've seen it time and time again. Uh, they, they will push any issue, uh, take any side, and we've seen their, you know, 10 years ago, they were on the same side of the president. Now, they're, they're, uh, they're against what they said that they were for 10 years ago. And because there may be groups that they think they can get more votes from. But what's really interesting about all this, they can't get votes based on the merits of having any kind of agenda that they can point to and achievement around issues because they've been spending all their time playing politics. And I think the American people see it. They can see through this whole thing with, you know, the defunding and what that would do. Uh, and it tells the American people that these people aren't interested in the welfare of you and your family. They're only interested in what they've been interested for years now. And that is, how do I get myself reelected? I don't care what it does to the American people in the, in the end. Uh, if there's something left over for them, once I get all the things I need for my, my political well-being, well, good for them. But other than that, um, it is what it is. We're focused on our own personal political agendas. And that's why Congress is so broken. Uh, folks, he's Bristol County Sheriff Tom Hodgson. Sheriff, before I let you go, um, I'd just like to have you speak directly to police officers, their families, their friends, their loved ones that are listening right now. My my grandfather on my mom's side was a police officer. Some of my closest friends are police officers. This this is rotten, the way they're being treated, vilified. Um, every profession has some people that don't meet the mark. But it is, um, it, it is a terrible burden that is just so selfish that people are, that they are characterizing them that way, making their lives hell. They really have to worry now if they're walking down the street or they're attending a, you know, they called in to do a detail, if they have a target on their back. I'd like you to just talk directly to the families and uh, friends and especially the police officers themselves. We, we need to support our police now more than ever. Yeah, what I would say to all the dedicated men and women out there in the communities across Massachusetts and the nation who leave their homes every day and their families, first of all, thank you to the families for supporting their loved one who goes into the the dangers every day in our communities, who go out there to try to support and save people's lives, to work with the community and work with kids in trying to keep them on the straight and narrow where they may not be getting as much support as they might have generations ago. Um, and, uh, and trying to endear them to, to the idea that order matters and following rules matter. Um, you know, they make great sacrifices. And I think all of us in America owe it to them. Certainly the sheriffs of this nation uh, highly respect our partners in both local, state, and federal law enforcement agencies because we know what they deal with every day. And I'm a former cop, uh, so I see both sides. But I've been a sheriff 24 years. Um, I know the sacrifices these individuals make. I know the upset that they feel when they see an officer acts uh, outside the boundaries of the high standards that we have uh, for our communities because it doesn't just hurt law enforcement. It hurts the trust of the people in our communities. So um, to all of the officers out there, um, I just, and I know I probably speak for most of America, I just can't thank them enough for the sacrifices that they make, the commitment they have to protect people, uh, to try to, try to do everything they can to make sure that people have tranquility and peace in their neighborhoods, that their kids uh, are getting the right support that they need to stay away from drugs, um, to follow rules and those kinds of things, uh, and building a really a safer, 
stronger America for all of us. And so uh, I hope all the people of the communities will know the sheriffs of this nation who are elected by them uh, stand 150% behind all of our law enforcement partners. And we also stand with our law enforcement partners in denouncing those small, very small percentage of police officers or law enforcement people who would step below our, our uh, high standards of public service. Sheriff Tom Hodgson, one final note. Last September, you and I were together at the White House with the president, South Lawn. Uh, you leading the sheriffs around the country, presented him with an award, showed him support, honored him. Uh, I want you to know that I spoke with the White House just yesterday, and your presence has an impact on the president. They told me how... You know, and you should feel, just know that. you, When your presence and support to him, it gives him an extra skip in his step. It gives him that confidence that people are behind him. And for that, we, we are absolutely grateful for your presence and your support to the president during a time that we, we all have to stick together, President and uh, Sheriff, and we need him elected for four more years. You know, John, and you made a great point. Thank you for that. But um, I, I, you know, I'm really... Uh, humbled by your remarks, but I would tell you uh, I can't imagine anybody not wanting to stand by a man who from the very beginning, he came in when he took office, he said, I'm going to reinstate the rule of law. Uh, he was going to drain the swamp. And what he has done is for all of America, he's shown the courage in spite of all the efforts to undermine every yep. single thing that he's brought forward. He's brought real solutions to us. And we owe, we owe it to him now. All that he's done for all of us in America, building the economy, you know, tackling this COVID situation, really coming at things and not letting the politics, you know, of, of demonization take him away from what he really and truly loves, which is our country, and his opportunity to make it a better country for our children and our grandchildren. And so for all his efforts, for all he's had to put up with, for all he's accomplished, I believe if performance-based rewards count, nobody in this nation is more deserving of our support for another four years than the President of the United States, President Donald J. Trump. Very well said. Sheriff, great to talk to you. Again, congratulations being at the White House. We'll talk to you again. Godspeed. Sheriff, thank Thank you for all you do, my friend. All right. Thank you, folks. He is, uh, you want to talk about one of the all-time great guys, uh, Sheriff Tom Hodgson, Bristol County. And it, it is true. I was speaking with the White House. We have um, tr- a member of the Trump campaign kind of join me next hour. Good morning to everybody on uh, Facebook Live. Everyone that's listening, AM 1380, 99.9 FM or online at com. This is the time, folks. We need to rally behind our president. He is under just vicious nonstop attack. They are doing everything to try to throw this election. They're trying to do everything to try to make it as if, like Congressman Cicilline said, Congressman David Cicilline said, you know, at this point, we shouldn't even have an election. We should just knock him out of office and make Biden the president. And the answer to that is absolutely not. No, you know why? Because I'm going to vote and you're going to vote and we're going to vote. And people may be silent right now, but I don't know of anyone that is happy the way we are seeing our cities under attack, police officers under attack, American values under attack, our way of life under attack. This is beyond the breaking point. I may be a vocal one on the radio, but I everywhere I go, 
everywhere I go, and I'm so visible these days, I hear from so many of you that say, I am with you 100%. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to get into a big debate with people. I'm quiet at work. I'm quiet around at a cookout, blah, blah, blah. But there's no way I am on board with this rioting and looting and that America is a rotten country and police are evil and blah, blah, blah. There's no way people believe that. Folks, you want to talk about great Americans. Last Saturday night, I went to cook. I went to cook out, excuse me, grill. And the tank had kicked. So it was past six o'clock. And I'm thinking, number one, who's open? Number two, who would have it? Because sometimes in the past, I've arrived at the place and they said, ah, we ran out. You know where I drove? I drove and saw Phil at Johnson Propane, 904 Manton Avenue, Providence. Number one, he was open. Number two, he never runs out, and he refilled my Blue Rhino tank. Johnson Propane, stop it and see Phil. They're open seven days a week, 9 to 7, 904 Manton Avenue, Providence, next to the Wendy's in front of the Stop and Shop. Johnson Propane, all credit cards are accepted, drive in, no wait. And here's the thing, most of the time, if you bring somewhere a Blue Rhino tank, they swap it out. And they say, well, we're going to swap it. It's 22 bucks. Not with Phil, not with Johnson Propane. 15 bucks. So bring two tanks. You get two tanks, Blue Rhino, refilled, 30 bucks. If you bring it somewhere else, they swap it out and they charge you 42. Plus supplies. He has grilling supplies. Johnson Propane. On top of that, he's a great American. Johnson Propane, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence, open seven days a week, 9 to 7, 621-8129, 621-8129. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Now, they're open. Saturday night is the big Trump rally, Tulsa, Oklahoma, at Ron's Pastry Gourmet, located 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. You can get Trump soda. You can get Trump cupcakes. You can get Trump chocolate donuts. Why not buy some for when you're going to watch the rally? Ron's Pastry Gourmet, where they give free coffee to members of law enforcement and the military. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, Ron's Pastry Gourmet, where folks, they also have delicious sausage and pepper, eggplant, meatball calzones, buffalo chicken calzones. Why not swing in for lunch? Philly cheesesteak calzones, pepperoni and cheese calzones, pizza strips, cannolis, brownies, cakes, Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, right next door to AAA in Providence, right off of Silver Spring Street off of Branch Avenue. You see the big uh, sign on the roof. And again, it is Trump headquarters in Rhode Island, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Well, folks, um, good morning. It's John DePietro. It is the John DePietro Show. Next hour, we will have a representative of the Trump campaign on with me. And then coming up at one o'clock, you don't want to miss it, our legal Legal expert Tim Dodd joins me as well. There's no briefing today. Governor Armando press briefing is tomorrow. They go Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I did attend yesterday. I was trying to get some answers about the nursing homes. The situation with Rhode Island and the nursing homes, it's, uh, it's embarrassing and it's disgraceful. And there's no excuse. And that's where things need to, be, need to be changed. But I also see, I don't understand these people who... Um, these people, like I saw somewhere I was putting online, they're having a mass burning, a mask burning protest or ceremony. Or that guy who's a Trump supporter, he would not get on a flight, refused to wear a mask. I don't relate to that in any way. 
I don't. And I still get these people like, why are you wearing a mask? Listen, there are, like I've already explained, it goes along the lines of the hand sanitizer um, and distancing. There are certain parts of the country right now that are having terrible outbreaks, terrible outbreaks right now. And one of the reasons why they're having terrible outbreaks are people are not paying attention to the mask. I've gotten used to the mask. I don't mind the mask. Uh, sometimes I wear it when I have to on Facebook Live. Um, and, and certainly going into a store, I get these people that I don't know how this whole thing started, that they think you don't need a mask or people that and, and I don't understand. I mean, the president, because of who he's surrounded by, maybe feel he doesn't need to. But I'm not on board with those that um, I don't get the whole element of the people that are against it, because if there's someone that has the virus and they're around me, I want to make sure they're wearing a mask. Folks, by hand sanitizer, mask wearing and distancing, do you understand we're going to cut way down on flu? Flu should never be as bad in this country as it has been. Uh, The amount of flu infections that would fly through hospitals, nursing homes, it was accepted. It was absolutely accepted when people would say that people went into a nursing home and then they got the flu and uh, and then they died from it. Or someone that goes into a hospital and then they picked up an infection from some germs and then they passed away from that in the hospital. I've never understood that. It is unacceptable. It is selfish. Uh, I am not on board for anyone that feels I'm not weird, then whatever. But I'm telling you right now, I don't get that in any way. Um, and the same thing, whether it's in church or whatever, we need people. Are, people are not that bright. There are people, they're just idiots and they have a cough and they have a cold and they still go out and they think nothing is spreading their germs. All right, folks, good morning. It's John DePietro on this Thursday. Now, coming up, 12 o'clock news. On the other side, we have a guest uh, that's going to join us from the uh, Trump campaign. And then attorney Tim Dodd's going to join me, our legal expert. You don't want to miss that segment. It's very popular. Now, remember, you can listen online at DePetro.com. You can also listen AM 1380, AM 1380. Those on Facebook Live, I have it there. Right now, a lot more ahead. Stay with us. It's 12 o'clock.